Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady. Joining me once again is uh, the king of fuzz style, Adam. Adam, how are we doing today? Matt, I am just fantastic. I am excited for what we got loaded for the program today. How are you, man? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, we've been talking, we, you know, we're always like, ah, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And before we always record we end up talking usually for uh, about like two hours about just like you know what's going on in life and what games we've been picking up and we said you know what let's just do an episode talking about what games we've picked up uh in the past i'd say probably four months or so because uh, i think you and i have both added a a lot of games to our collection we're always texting each other hey man I, i found this out in the wild i picked it up and um i'm always doing the same and so i was like all right well let's just make an episode on that so we can talk about a handful of games across a number of platforms um i've got about 12 in front of me and i know there's one game i have digitally which i think i'm gonna i will start with just so i don't forget it um but as always adam i will let you uh go first here oh my well i think i'm gonna do exactly what you're doing too and i'm gonna talk about the one that i forgot to bring down myself here and um i got for the switch because i've always always wanted to play a game in this series and i always missed out had a great cult following you know especially i think it started originally on the ps2 if i remember correctly but i got katamari re-roll for the switch and uh, i haven't tried it yet actually because when i bought it um, I was playing through uh, a couple of other uh, games and kind of got lost with those, but I'm going to get to it. Um, I am excited for it because Katamari just always seemed like one of those outrageously just... oddball games in the world. And it's just so, so I, I am ready to go with that once I um, finish uh, another game I'm playing here that I will uh, talk about later on. But yeah, Katamari Reroll. Yeah, you know, I. I've always seen the Katamari games and they always look um they just look they look super fun. I unfortunately have never dived into it. Um but how are you, how are you liking it? How are you liking it so far? Well, I still got to get to it to be honest. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that. Yeah, happens, yeah. but but um cuz it it's like as I got it, I was playing through another game and then I started um another game that I'm playing through right now. So um I hope to get to it, you know, like like after For sure. well, the game I'm playing right now, I will mention later on. But once I get past that one, I plan on hopping on it. But I've, I've done a lot of like reading about it and just like about the things you could do and roll around and collect in it. And I, I remember it was like, it's going to be like a weird tidbit I'm going to mention because I remember 
I think it was We Love Katamari, which was the second one, I believe, on the PS2. So I remember that, and then I remember Beautiful Katamari, which was an Xbox 360 exclusive, actually. Oh, okay. And I remember that one because somehow, some way, I found out one of the things you can roll up to make, like, like the star you have to, like, create or whatever. Like, one of them is, like, um, Josh Barnett. Who was, who was for those for those people that don't know Josh Barnett? It was a professional wrestler and an MMA fighter, but for yeah. some reason, he's one game. of the guys you can roll up into your katamari and take away with you for some reason. And I don't know why they decided to pinpoint of all people Josh Barnett, but it's like, okay, I don't know why that that's a thing, and I don't know why it's so weird, but I like it. So. Oh, yeah, so I've yeah. never, I've never played any of the uh, Katamari games. Um, they always just seem so charming, though. And right. I, I wanted something very kind of funny and odd. So, th- and and not to mention, like, when it came out new for the Switch, they made it twenty bucks. So it's like I could get a new Switch game for twenty bucks. Yeah, sure. Like, why not? Yeah. How long? So which one? So you've played the the third one then, the Xbox three sixty exclusive. We love Cat or no? Uh, the 361 is um, beautiful, Katamari. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Uh, and like I, I, I've only like seen people play it, but it's it had always been a series that I'd always like seen people play. So because of that, I was finally just like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with this mm-hmm. because reroll is a port, I think, of the very first one. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's just a good starting point right there. I just yeah. I just figured to myself. So there we go. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm sure at some point I will check out those games. I think the easiest way to describe it for people who are unfamiliar with it is that it is very Japanese. Yes. Uh, That's the, the only way you can easiest, describe it, I believe. Yeah. Is the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, my first game is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I got it for oh. the PC. Um, obviously, I'm an enormous Dragon Ball fan. I uh, certainly have been pretty much my whole life. Um, it's basically a retelling of the of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I think it it starts, you know, with uh, right when, you know, right when Raditz arrives, and um, I haven't beaten it yet, but just from what I saw in the trailers and everything, I think it finishes with the Majin Buu arc. I don't think there's any Dragon Ball Super stuff included, or GT or anything like that. Um. I'm a little of the ways into it. I'm right now battling Vegeta and Nappa. Um, and I kind of have mixed feelings about this game. To be uh, to be totally honest, it's really pretty. And the fact that you get to fly around and kind of explore the world is pretty cool. The uh, There's a kind of two downsides to the game. And, may- and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm too early in. Like, I haven't got to Namek yet. Um, is the combat's kind of weird. It's like it when you're flying around and you get into combat, it feels like you're about to engage in Xenoverse style combat, right? Like you, you run into people and then you basically go into combat mode. Um, but it's like a very streamlined version. Um, like you're not like punching or kicking, you know, punching and kicking and, you know, doing all these kinds of things. You're just kind of like mashing the, the punch button and there it's just it's a it's a more simplified version of like the Xenoverse combat. And so I was like, oh, that took a little bit to get used to. Um and then the world itself, there's just not really a lot to do. Huh. 
you like you're really just kind of flying around there's all these orbs like everywhere which you collect and then you can use those to um, update your skill tree with all your different characters um, and so there, I mean there's just a lot of flying around I mean a lot you don't necessarily have to um, I'm at the point now where I'm like well I think I'm just going to skip a lot of this orb collecting because I don't really need it yet and just start doing the battles and then once you get into the cutscenes and um, the battles like it's pretty cool It's it feels just like the anime uh, if you think back to like Dragon Ball Z Budokai the first one which was you know um, had really good cutscenes and and stuff like that, um, but this is obviously a more expanded version of that. So I mean, and I love Dragon Ball Z, and so it's really charming. It looks really good, uh, I, but I'd probably give the game like a seven, just where I'm at right now. Um, I don't know that this is a Dragon Ball Z game that I will be coming back to mm, at, okay. at, at, at some point. Um, and I, I go back to Budokai 3 a lot. I go back to Budokai 1. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Budokai Tenkaichi. Um, Fighters, obviously Xenoverse 2. I mean, maybe it's going to get some cool DLC or something, but just right now, I, was, I don't want to say I'm, I don't want to say like I'm really disappointed in it. It's just not as open world, not as... Um, there's just there's just really not a lot to do outside of fly around and and fight like robots. You fight a bunch of robots, uh, fight a lot of of robots, and I'm sure when I get to Namek, I'm gonna be fighting just a lot of random Frieza's uh, henchmen and and stuff like that. And so maybe it'll open up a little bit, just where I'm at right now. I'm like, uh, you know, but I mean the cutscenes are great, so yeah, maybe I just maybe I just need to get into it a little bit more. So I guess it's it's pretty linear then, huh? Oh, it's very linear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so far, I've, so far, I've had a few side quests, and again, I think that could open up later um, because you there's a world map and you can you can explore it. Uh, I'm guessing later, you know, when you get maybe when I get to like um, the Majin Buu arc, like at the beginning when you're playing as Gohan, I'm guessing, you know, uh, and you can kind of fly around and see all and see all this stuff. So maybe later, there's a lot more to kind of run around and uh, and do but uh just where i'm at right now maybe maybe i just haven't gotten there yet i mean i haven't even got dynamic yet so it's but i just i'm right right now goku just got back from training with king kai okay yeah so the dragon uh, ball was always one of those things like i wanted to go back and re-explore because it's like i've always watched it in like bits and pieces like i've watched a lot of the beginning like you know like you know the whole like Raditz thing, and when he mm-hmm. fights Nappa and Vegeta, and you know when when Frieza came along. But it's the the parts I get fuzzy at are when um like the Cell I guess Saga. When, the Cell Saga, like I like I watched very chopped up. I didn't watch any of Majin Buu, and I guess when um when Trunks first comes back in time, like right before cell arrives like that's right where when, it starts getting very choppy for me so yeah i, I kind of need to like sit down and rewatch all of that again well that that will, it will only take you about two years uh yeah the, <laughs> they're really long so but uh but yeah i mean the attention to detail in the game is great uh okay I mean, it, it's 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 got this it's got the soundtrack the, it's the japanese soundtrack rip, rip right from the anime um and so a lot that's all that's all great so all I right. love the yeah, I love so. the Dragon Ball Kai uh, remake of the song. Yeah, it's, oh, it's very yeah. hard for me to not sing it right now, but I'm not going yeah. to. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. absolutely. All right, well, Adam, back to you. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, a little old school here because um, this is one that you got excited about when I uh, sent you a picture message of it. 
Uh, we're going back to my favorite system, the PS1 here, and I got the first Gex game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for people that aren't familiar with Gex, well, <laughs> let's let's do a little uh, little history class for a second. So way back when, when the PlayStation first came out and, you know, blew the roof off of 3D platform gaming or platform gaming in general, I mean... We all know that Super Mario 64 on the N64 did that as well. And Mario was always the mascot for Nintendo. Next to probably... I'd probably even say you could consider uh, Pikachu a mascot Mm -hmm. of Nintendo as well. But when Crash Bandicoot first dropped on the PS1, people were... Developers were scrambling, like, we got to put a game out that's like Crash Bandicoot so we can have the potential to be the PlayStation mascot like this guy. And it was, like, for the PlayStation, for third-party developers, it was, like, the platform game war, basically. Like, there were so many series coming out and people just trying to fight to be, like, the top platform game. And Gex was one of them. And... I think Gex is one of the unsung heroes of the PlayStation, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My first experience with Gex was, I first saw the second one, but I wouldn't play it till the third one came out, which was um, Deep Cover Gecko. So basically, by the second and third game, Gex, for people, Gex is a gecko. Like, he's like this anthropomorphic gecko, and he's also, um, he's voiced by Dana Gold, actually, if anyone doesn't know the comedian Dana Gold. But, um, so he's, you know, rocks some sunglasses and, like, a suit in, like, the later games and everything. And in the th- in the third one, uh, we also got uh, Marlise Andrada. And if people don't know who Marlise Andrada is, she was on Baywatch. I don't know if anyone remembers Baywatch from the 90s, but I do because I liked to watch Baywatch. It was such a terrible show, but I I was a kid and I had nothing better to do, so that was Mm -hmm. it. But uh, the first Gex, as opposed to the second and third one, is uh, 2D, but it's it's still very, very charming. Um, Basically, there's this guy um, named Rez, and he kind of sucks you into what he calls his uh, media dimension because he wants you, he wants Gex to be uh, the mascot of, I guess, his big, like, thing, basically. Like, his big, like, media... Uh, conglomerate uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, conglomerate. Yeah, we could go with that. We could go with conglomerate. And basically what you're trying to do is just um, get out. And what I like is is that all the games kind of surround like surround this whole like thing like Gex versus Rez, you know, like basically like with Crash and Cortex, Mario and Bowser, you know, so 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 that's cool. Um it's it's hard. It's it's a really really hard game, but um basically every it it's every world has a theme. Um, and you could, you can collect stuff too, like these, like you collect like these golden flies for like points and stuff like that. And, um, you collect, uh, remote controls to get out of the levels and stuff like that. And because he's a gecko, because he's a lizard, you have cool abilities. Like you can stick upside down to like the top of levels and stuff like that. So, so that, that was pretty clever. I, I think it was, um, you know, it was definitely an original game, uh, Crystal Dynamics uh, 
also helped uh, make this game, which, you know, had their hand in a lot of hits uh, in the 90s, kind of like um, like Tomb Raider. I, mm-hmm. I believe they helped with the first Tomb Raider games, uh, Legacy of Kane, stuff like that. Like, they, they kind of worked with uh, core design, uh, uh, basically. But um, after, after but I like it. Um, I'm not done with it yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to jumping uh, back into more. And Data Gold's hilarious. There's a, he's got a lot of snazzy, like, one-liners. And that's what I loved about a lot of these 90 games. You had a lot of, like, well-known comedians, like, actually dipping their hands into the pot and getting involved with, with games like this. But Gex is, like I said, one of many... Uh, platforming hidden gems out there because a lot of them were overshadowed on the PlayStation by like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. I think those were the two series that reigned supreme on uh, is, PlayStation. Is Gex 2 the one with the, there's a haunted house level? So I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up I'm trying to pull if up right now cuz I If it's in 2, I don't know cuz I didn't play 2, but uh, and 3, I only from what I remember, because I played Gex 3 once when I was a kid, and I remember like uh, a big snow level. I, I remember that. Yeah, because um, I had a I had a demo disc if you back in the day of, of having demo discs of, and I'm pretty sure there was a haunted house. I'm trying to find. I'm pulling it up. I'm looking. It probably it was. Right in, and in I the think, first so. I think one. I think yeah. Gex Two is the one I played. And I think there was like an ability where you could like set yourself on fire and you'd run around, and then it would leave a trail, and you could get enemies to run into it, and it would kill them. Sounds about right. And that's that's kind of what I that's kind of what I remember from from this. Yeah, and also with the PS One, uh, with the first um, Gex on PS One, uh, I I have it in the jewel case and I found it in pretty good shape actually. But um, there's also a um, to show you its age because it came out in 1995. There's a long box version of this too actually. But mm-hmm. I have no interest in stuff like that. Um, I get the jewel boxes for uh, practicality basically. Um, but yeah, if, if you're ever trying to find any other kind of platforming game to add to your PlayStation collection, but also, it also did come out for, uh, the 3DO and the Sega Saturn, but it got the most, it got the most, uh, publicity for the PlayStation though, because it was the more powerful system, really. Yeah, but, yeah, I just, I just found it. Yeah, the second one is the one that has, has a haunted house. Yeah, I, and I, I think, I don't think, I never, I definitely never played the original, um, the two, the two D, the two D one. Yeah, it had, had to have come out when, like ninety six, ninety five. Yeah, this came out in nineteen ninety five. Yeah. yeah, um, early ninety five actually, like April, I think okay. it was. Yeah, I actually have it up here, April nineteen ninety five, but um. It, for 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 the 2D though, it's it's really good. Um, 2D. The the movements are very fluid, and um, the frame the, the the frames are solid. Like it doesn't like drop at all. It, it it's a it's a well put together game, and like I said, um, there's a lot of pop culture references. Um, not enough I could say now, but um, uh, you know maybe down the line when. You know, when we do another episode, I could always give like an update of where I am with it. Yeah. But it's it, a lot of those early PS1 platforming games were very unforgiving, and this one's going to take a while. This also doesn't have a save system. Uh, you, it's a uh, it's pa- it's password wow. based. Yeah, actually, again, the show the show its age on the uh, a lot of early PlayStation games, guys. Um, not a lot of them had memory card um, accessibility. Some did, but a lot didn't. Yeah, probably in uh, the first year of the PlayStation. Yeah, still, hey, still riding those passwords, man. Crazy. That's it. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. 
All right, man. Well, um, the first game I'm going to talk about, uh, well, I guess that I'm holding in my hands as I have a stack in front of me, is Star Fox Zero. I bought this. Mm. I bought this for nine dollars on Amazon. A complete in box. It's still new. Um, Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard, the added uh, mini game um, that comes along with it. Who, uh, if you go back about a year's worth of episodes ago, uh, I interviewed uh, this guy, Randy uh, Middleton, who does the voice of Uncle Grippy. That's actually, it. I remember worked, that one. We worked together. It was like crazy. I was like, what? It's like so random. Uh, but uh, I did. I, there is an episode of, of me uh, ta- talking talking with him. I think he uh, he like works in radio now. In well, I guess he's he was he's done radio his whole life. And I don't. I, I, he's he's a really cool dude. Um, I don't know how he honestly ended up working at that motorcycle shop that I worked at for that very brief uh, period of time. Um, I don't really, in all honesty, know how I ended up working working there. I guess uh, when I moved to Portland, I just needed a job. But uh, just crazy that that kind of happened. And so uh, here I am holding the Star Fox and the game he did voice acting in. So totally random, totally cool. But um, yeah, Star Fox Zero. Yeah, man. You know, I have been a Star Fox fan since uh, I was gifted the original Star Fox on the Super Nintendo back in the early 90s. Um, I think I like Star the original Star Fox more than I like Star Fox sixty four. Not saying it's better. I think it's just per- just personal preference. Um, Star Fox Zero though is one that uses yeah, it really makes use a lot of the Wii U gamepad, and this is also one of the only Wii U games that is out that I don't really have. Um, because now just about everything that's on the Wii U is has a Switch port. Uh, Fire Emblem Tokyo Mirage Session just got us a, uh, a port. They just announced uh, Platinum Games just announced a Kickstarter for the Wonderful 101. So I mean, other than the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD, Wind Waker HD, and Super Mario 3D World, I can't think of anything else that's a Wii U game that hasn't gotten a port. Um, Star Fox Zero, I don't think ever will because it's so implement, it's so heavy in the um, the gamepad, the gameplay. But I actually, man, I, I, I popped this in. I played it. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time with it uh, just because I'm, I'm so I have so many other games I'm playing right now. But I, I just, you know, mostly I bought this because it was nine dollars. Right. I was like, ah, I want to add that to my collection. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool. There's you. You have a lot of different levels. You have, uh, you know, you obviously you're in your R wing and then you can go to the Landmaster like you can in Star Fox 64. Um, and then you have two other modes. You have a walker mode where you like go inside of a ship and you run around. And you can blast stuff. And then you have a gyro wing, which is like a little helicopter. You kind of pick stuff up and drop stuff down. Um, it's really cool. I got to say, I really actually enjoyed um, my time with this. I can see the criticisms that it had of the the uh, using the gamepad because it is a little jarring going back and forth. It's not quite the same as using, say, like the 3DS where everything's right there in your hand. Um, but I think it looks really pretty. I thought it was, I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was kind of an easy game. But uh, yeah, I just hope we get more actual Star Fox in the future. Right now we have the Starlink Battle for Atlantis, which is not a Star Fox game, but there's no reason to buy the PS4 version or the if it's on Xbox One, Xbox One version, because you should only buy the Switch version because of all of the Star Fox content that's on it. So even to that, that's on my list at some point. I would like to try that game out myself, mm-hmm. actually, for the Star yeah. Fox content. Yeah, the Star Fox content is totally the reason to play that game. I outside of that, it's kind of boring. 
Yeah, I can't imagine any other reason. And I've always been very fond of Star Fox uh, 64. Mm-hmm. And there was um, not the first Star Fox game that came out on GameCube, but there was a second one where you can Assault. engage on both. Yeah, that um, I played the demo of, and I was I I was personally very attracted to the game, even though a lot of people canned it. But you know, it, it's preference. Because assault, assault is the game where you get out and you run around on your foot on foot a little bit. With you, like a, you could, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I thought it was I thought it was cool from what I played in the demo. So it's mm-hmm. something I would like to re-explore down the line. But yeah, you yeah. just can't go wrong with Star Fox, and I think it's uh, one of the unsung heroes of Nintendo as well. That yeah, I mean, I love. actually even think Star Fox Adventure is a good game. I it I, looked good. It looked good. It's basically the, the it's basically the legend the legend of of Star Fox. That's how it plays. <laughs> it feels, it feels I like just it. it just it feels exactly like a Zelda game. So very cool. All right, all right, Adam. What do you got next? I'm going with another PlayStation title, and I've had the first game of this series uh, for a while. It's not a popular series, but again, it's one of the earlier uh, PlayStation games uh, released in 1995, and this game. Is called Reloaded. It is the sequel to the first game, Loaded. It was, uh, like I said, 1995. Interplay put this out. Uh, if anyone remembers Interplay, they put out the original two Fallout games on PC. Um, there isn't a whole lot to say about this game, but way, way back in the day when we, re- when my brother and I originally had a uh, PlayStation, he had bought this game. And now I've gotten it back after all these years. Found it on the cheap for like nine bucks. But it's an isometric shooter. Isometric 3D shooter. It's got lots of um, charming uh, characters, basically. There's a guy in the first game. He's called Fub, which stands for Fat Ugly Boy. And he's just this uh, psychopath that you have to go uh, take out. And... In the second game, he goes from Fub to Cheb, which stands for Charming, Handsome, Erudite. Uh, I don't know if I could say this word on the show, but... Um, you can. <laughs> uh, bastard? Yeah, so yes, Charming, Handsome, Erudite, Bastard. So the characters are um, Cap and Hands, uh, Mama, to name a couple. Um, it's It's a very gory game. But it's 1995, so it can't be that gory compared to today's uh, standards. But uh, the the run and gunning in this is uh, absolutely insane. It's it's pretty uh, nonstop. So anyone a fan of run and gun shooters, I would just recommend go pick this up. Really, I I thought it had its own charm to it, uh, and um, I don't play a lot of shooters, but I always liked um loaded and reloaded so it's very very cool to have this one uh it has it has a very 90s art style it does it does um there's um 12 worlds the last level i'm actually going to describe to you guys uh (laughs) it's big time spoiler alert but the last level is you're on chub and what i mean by that is Chubb is gigantic. <laughs> He's like tied down to like this lab table and you're traversing up and down his body, blowing up his body parts. <laughs> like it's very bizarre actually. But but yeah, if you want something uh, weird, 
uh, look look no further than uh, Reloaded on the PlayStation One. Yeah, I mean, the, I I feel like at some point I've seen this game, but I'm looking at this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever even heard of this, ever seen it. I don't remember it on like a demo disc. Yeah, it, it, I remember when my brother found it years ago. Like he just pulled it out, and we were just so taken by um, the cover of it. Yeah, the cover is very cool. The cover yeah. is very cool. Kind of comic bookish, you know. It's it's got that style, and um, it was definitely uh, other, other than Strikers nineteen forty five. This was kind of my introduction into um, the shooter genre. Cause I, I I'm a I'm a guy when it comes down to gaming, I don't just stick to like one certain st- style of game. It's it's like with music. Like I will play almost anything i will try my hand at almost anything so long as it's good because there's just so much um out there but like i said there's not a lot to the the gameplay because again it's it's a shooter you're just trying to just dodge bullet hells and just take down bad guys that's it okay all right well um next i'm i'm gonna talk about a game that i got that actually adam knows this and adam's gonna have to talk about because i've yet to play it uh, I bought Luigi's Mansion 3 on yeah! and my girlfriend, who is not really a gamer, she doesn't really play a lot of games, she did, she she likes the Switch because, you know, you can play it on the couch or, you know, in bed or wherever, Um, and she played, I got Untitled Goose Game, and she played it, and I never saw my Switch, and then I was like, okay, by the time I finally got it back, Luigi's Mansion 3 came out, and so I bought Luigi's Mansion 3, and, uh, she has beaten the game twice. Again, she's like somebody who does not really like ever uh, play games, like ever. Uh, and she's literally plowed through the game twice, like done everything. And, you know, so so I haven't touched it, uh, <laughs> but uh, it looks really cool. It looks it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Adam, I'll have to. I'm, I'm sure that's a game you were going to talk about anyway. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're gonna have to, you're yeah. Gonna yeah. So, all right, so <laughs> surprise, 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 ladies and gentlemen. I got Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Nintendo Switch. Woo, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, before I get into it, I got to say, though, Luigi's Mansion was a series that I'd been dying to play for the longest time because when the GameCube originally came out, I had one, but I never bought the first Luigi's Mansion. Despite I always wanted to play it for some stupid reason, I never picked it up, always regretted it. Then the second one came out on the 3DS. I did not get that, and then they ported the first one to the 3DS. But when this came out, and I I was talking with a couple of people, uh, Matt being one of them, and I realized I don't have to really play the first one or the second one. No, to not at play all. three. So, and I'm the kind of guy that's like that. Like, if I'm going to start a series, I would like to preferably start from the beginning. But the game looked so amazing. Like, I could not believe how beautiful this game looked, even in you know it, it's you know when it's docked to undocked, no comparison. It was so so well crafted. So I was like, I'm I'm going to have to just pick it up, just pull the trigger on it. And I did, and I beat it, and I absolutely was in love with this game. It was so much fun, and what I really, really love about games like this, because it's, it's, it's you know, if you think about Luigi's Mansion or uh, Wario Land, stuff like that, you know, they're Mario spinoffs. They're Super Mario spinoffs because they all have to do with, you know, Mario to some degree. And in Luigi's Mansion 3, without spoiling too much, yes, Mario is there. Um, but it, Luigi's Mansion really has its own identity. 
and it's it's just the mechanics are so different and they're so good. I love taking the the Poltergeist G00 and just just it's it's my it's my habits as a collector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's I think mm-hmm. another reason I love this game so much. And you know, playing games like uh, my whole life like like Super Mario, Crash Bandicoot, Spiral the Dragon, playing Luigi's Mansion 3, figuring discovering you can collect um gems on every floor of the uh the hotel you're in and everything i was like oh my god this is it's like this was specifically tailored for me i felt like (laughs) but it's so funny it's got its own charm you have gooigi which is really fun to use as well um you know basic story you show up to a hotel because you thought you won some grand prize vacation but it turns out um no (laughs) you know just uh King Boo and some ghosts are, um, you know, just trying to get back at Luigi, basically. Um, Every floor is a level. Um, There's backtracking because when you're trying to collect gems, they're not all going to be readily available to you. You'll have to do certain things in the game to to go back. But that's what I love because it's, despite that, you know, every floor is a level, it's not really linear. Because there's so much you can collect, basically. There is a multiplayer mode, which I have not tried, actually. Um, I don't really play online a lot with my Switch. But I I beat it. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, even though we're not here to really uh, give these ratings. But I give it... I don't I don't know if I should say why. I give it mm-hmm. an 8.5. I don't know if I should say it because I... It's not really going to spoil anything for the story, but I think it's something important people should know playing this game. I don't yeah. know if I should well, say well, from it. What I, from what I've seen, because I've seen a lot of the game um, be played, is that you hit a point when you're about 80% done, or what seems like you're 80% done, that you basically forces you to go backtrack almost the entire game. Yeah, now see, that's the thing because like right when you get to that point and like you've you've um you've saved everyone and you're going to chase down King Boo, it's like are you sure you want to? And it's kind of like it's just a simple like yes or no. And I clicked yes. So what it doesn't tell you is once you go past that point, you can't go back and collect any gems you haven't collected. So I got a little um kind of like you know what the hell about right, that like about that yeah so how was i how, how was i supposed to know that you know what i mean you know what i mean but um it's i have a couple of backup saves before that point so i think i'm just gonna like load that back up just to recollect all the gems because i got a lot of them i do have a an extraordinary amount of them so i know it won't take me long but collecting them is fun and if it gets too, the game really makes you think too. Like the the as you get deeper into the levels, each level gets harder uh, than the next. So be, the the puzzles to solve to co- uh, collect the gems get a little more um, sophisticated. I guess is the best way I could put it. But you you if you have a switch and you you like. You know, I wouldn't call this a platformer, really. This is more of an adventure game, I would say. Oh, it definitely is, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's kind of hard. The Luigi's Mansion games are... 
they're Metroidvania in a way. They're, that's a good way. I that's a good way. I'd describe it that way. Yeah. They're they're unique is the only thing I can I can really think of is they're 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 collectibles. There's a lot of collecting in them because I love the original. I played the heck out of the original. I beat that game like five times. Only heard good things about the original. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and so the second one I've heard is a lot more level-based, um, I guess, and so I think the third one's a little more of a blend between them, because even though you're in one big mansion, but there's different floors, and then you're go- going, and they're all kind of themed, but you are you can go back and forth. Yeah, and these floors are themed as well, actually, in three, which is fun. Uh, I, I, I think it adds a good... Um, well, first off, you have a, a, a wide variety of ghosts too. That that's fun, and you you learn um, different ways to beat them all. That's another thing too. You can collect ghosts based on um, what you fight. Basically, um, there are also like these hidden boos you can collect as well. Those I didn't collect all of. I definitely collected every ghost type. And every boss, obviously, you you collect the bosses as you um, suck them into the vacuum, mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically. And, that, and that's another thing too. Like your vacuum is going to get an upgrade later on as well. That's going to make you want to backtrack before you go fight uh, King Boo, basically. But uh, it's it's definitely got uh, humor. And once again, I can't stress this enough. You know, it doesn't borrow. There's there's like nods. In in my personal opinion, I I took several nods to the Super Mario franchise in this game. But this game is just got its own thing going and it's 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 absolutely fantastic. So, all right. Luigi's Mansion 3, pick it up. All right. Well, um well maybe I should go again uh, since yeah. uh, that one is more <laughs> I knew that was I knew that was one that was on your <laughs> list. Uh, I have I I definitely have another game that was again that we'll get to uh which I is will be in a similar vein but um I will talk now about The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening All right. Uh, kind of the remake here for the Switch. Uh I absolutely love Link's Awakening. This game uh you know having I still have my original Game Boy cartridge. Uh Link wakes up on an island. Uh, you know, it plays similar to it's that it's that, you know, there's there's a hand, there's there's a at this point, I, I, I'd i say it's not really safe to say that there's two different types of Zelda 3D and 2D. Um, I think that there's a couple different kinds, because I think that even some of the 3D games play in their own 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 unique way. Um, if you like A Link to the Past, if you've if you like Oracle of Ages, Seasons, Minish Cap, um, if you do kind of like those 2D Zeldas. Then to me, I mean, it's 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 so hard not to love this game. Link's Awakening for me is also it's in my it's certainly in my top five favorite Zeldas. Um, I think it's just because it's it's a dream, right? And you have a chain chomp. There's a Mario character. You run into um, Doctor Wright uh, from Sim City is in this game. I didn't know uh, that actually. Yeah, th- this is it's it's a it's a dream. I know you know it's and so it's it's not really kind of taking place, um, and so because of that they use there's a lot of other weird kind of quirky Nintendo stuff in it. But I mean it is pixel it is a pixel for pixel remake of the original. I mean square for square, man. I mean it's like everything is exactly where it is in the in the original. And so I didn't have to look up a guide or anything. I'm like, Oh, I know exactly where to go. Oh, I know exactly where to go. Oh, I know exactly where to go. Um, the soundtrack, the feel, um, 
I beat it. I think it took me. I'd have to look at my my play time, but um, pro, uh, it took a little. I beat it in about like a week or so, and with a week and then with a weekend. But again, I I'd played the original so much growing up. So for me, this was a no brainer. And the only thing I can hope is that we get more. I would love for them to remake um, a link to the past or Oracle of Ages and Seasons in this art style. Um, they've added some cool stuff. You can kind of create your own dungeon, which is cool. Oh man, yeah, that's you, awesome. You can. Create, I didn't know that was added. Yeah, you can. You can. You can. You can. There's this dungeon kind of creator you can do, um, which actually you have to do to unlock some of the um the you get these seashells and then you use them to upgrade your so you know it's, it's how you get to upgrade your sword, get your um the cohort sword and um some other uh secrets as secrets as well but yeah i mean it's it's a pretty it's it's certainly i would say on the easier side of of zelda games um so i think it's a great entry zelda game for a lot of people um in the timeline it's it's kind of in it it is it's not super significant in the timeline to where i feel like not that the zelda timeline is really that important in 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 the in in general anyway um there's certainly some Zelda games I feel like you should play before you play others, but this one I think you could play at at any at any point, and I think it's I just I love it I love the, what they did in the art style in this. Yeah, the art um, style was incredible. Yeah, it's very it's really, charming. It's really pretty. The music's great. It's it's a ton of fun, and I mean it's just it's just the, I was smiling, you know, ear you know just ear to ear the entire time playing this game. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I was never the biggest um, Zelda player, but um, I played the original on game boy um so so i know the game to i never beat it though so i know the game to a a degree uh but when i saw that this was going to be a thing this remake and saw how charming these new graphics looked i was like this is incredible and i i i love it when people take chances like this and try something new like that graphic wise Mm -hmm. or something you know it's kind of like when they did cuphead and did that whole like animated um style basically and you know this is totally different but it just reminded me of that that you know there nintendo was willing to take a a chance here and remake it in this fashion and it's it's made me think that uh because i i have um i played seasons and ages you know a long time ago and i I beat ages. I have seasons still. I think I'm going to like finally replay that now because of this. And eventually I think I'm just going to have to get that uh, for my switch as well. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's a must buy, um, but I think it's Maybe a I'll wait sh- for the price to go down a little bit. Yeah. Think, it's, it's personally. definitely a should buy for, for a lot of people. I, I, I would say that obviously you result a fan. It's a no brainer. Um, but I think, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you had to buy one Zelda game on the switch, I don't. This is not the one I would. Advise yeah, no. you. I, this is not the one I would advise you to buy. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, and so I, I. But I mean, you know, Zelda is so different because a lot of people would have this as their. It's kind of like Star Wars, right? Like everyone has their own fa- their favorite Star Wars movie. Everyone has their favorite Zelda, and this is a lot of people's favorites. Um, you know, maybe because it was the, is the fir- it was the first mobile one. You know, I guess you know handheld, right? It was on the Game Boy. So, um, you know, there's there's that but i mean in my own opinion if you know if you had to buy one zelda game it's i would say obviously go get breath of the wild but i i had an amazing time with link's awakening and i only hope that nintendo continues to um 
I, I, I love the idea of remaking old games. Um, you know, I mean, they, essentially, they another game, which I'll be talking about here in a bit, it was a Game Boy remake. Um, it's It should be pretty obvious when, when we get back to that. But, um, you know, I mean, Super Mario Land, right? I think people would love it. You know, Ooh. you could use a similar you could use a similar art style. Um, yeah. you know, Super, Super Mario Land Two, Golden uh, the Six Golden Coins. I think people would love to to have that remade. So that'd be great. Oh my god, because I loved I loved um the Super Mario Land games. Yeah. yeah. And then the so. first the first one was so different, you know. Like mm-hmm. the first one was kind of like based off of like real world environments uh, mm-hmm. to a degree, you know. Mm-hmm. And you had Mario using vehicles as well. It's a very short game. Right. Right. But it's because of that we got six golden coins, which is regarded as a lot of people's favorite Mario game. And there's that really famous um, modded color version of it, too, mm-hmm. which looks really good. And that gave us Wario Land yeah. down the line as well. So just something to think about, people. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, Adam, what do you got next? All right, we're going to do uh, my, my last PlayStation game here. Now, this is... This game comes um, from a weird line of Japanese budget titles. Uh, they were they were putting out these games in this series called the Super Light 1500 series. Um, I don't know why they called it that. <laughs> I don't know, and there's certainly not 1500 games in that series because then there'd be way more PlayStation games that are actually listed then. But um, this comes from that line, and it's one I've always been interested in. I've always liked Tetris attack-styled games. Uh, this is called Puzzle Star Sweep. So it's basically... It's, a lot of these games have an anime aesthetic to it. So that's, that's what this has. Um, and like I said, it's a budget title. And if you've played any kind of Tetris battle game, that's basically the same thing here. But the there is a story, and basically uh, the story is um, some stars exploded and some stardust um, came down onto the planet, and people were realizing that you could put the stardust uh, together to make shapes, and they made a tournament out of it. And so we got uh, that, and that's it, really. <laughs> Puzzle stars. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now, man. I would, I would have played this back in the day. This it looks, looks charming, cool. though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very charming. There's not really a whole lot uh, to really say about it because it plays like any other Tetris style, right. ga- Tetris battle game, anyway. Yeah. But I, I thought, well, this is, yeah. this is kind of it's fun like, and it's to like, have. it's like a, I mean the the. I mean, the better version of this type of a game on the PlayStation, I would say, is uh, Puzzle Fighter, Street Fighter, Puzzle Fighter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big, but uh, very, but probably, ve- yeah, but very, very similar. That was probably the more popular one too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not not a lot of people know about this um, budget series, but like I've always paid attention to it because I remember a game called um, Battle Hunter, which was this isometric. Uh, like turn-based, it was like it was a tactical RPG, but you used like cards to do like actions, and that's set in like this post-apocalyptic world where you're just going around and collecting relics. But the real, I think, the game is more meant to be played multiplayer, like four ways, because like what you can do is like you all go down to the dungeon, and whoever gets the relic first wins, and you could set traps and stuff. So 
I kind of think of it in that sense, kind of like, you know, like you piss your friends off in Mario Kart, basically. That's kind of like what you would do in Battle Hunter, just by setting traps around the dungeon so they can't get to the relic before you. So, um, but I'm kind of like that, though. I think this is probably more meant to be, um, you know, uh, a two-player game as well. Uh, for Puzzle Star Sweep, you know, just player versus player, you know, that it, it, Absolutely. it's oh, it's always um fun to get competitive with those kinds of puzzle games, you know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, me and my brother, we had Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, and we were that's but I mean that's Poyo Poyo, but I mean similar. I mean Poyo Poyo Tetris. I mean they're all right. You know, they're very similar. I like Pack Attack. Pack mm-hmm. Attack, I liked a lot. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. All right. All right, well, um, next up, I have Team Sonic Racing. Uh, oh, boy. Got, got this. Got this for the Switch. Um, and uh, I think it's good. You know, if, you, if you've if played any of these Sonic racers, you know that they... Well, this is... The, there's there's three. So there's I think there's um, Sega... I think it's Sega All-Stars Racing and then Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, which is by far the best of these three. Um, and then Team Sonic Racing. So Team Sonic Racing is more... It's more just focused on Sonic characters. It does not include a lot of, like, the Sega characters. Like, uh, oh, God, what's... Is it Samba, Samba de Amigo, right? Um, and, like, Ryu uh, from Shenmue and some of, the, some nice. of the other characters you'll see in the other kind of more Sega sports games or, um, that are similar to Mario, uh, the Mario, you know, sports games. Um, but this does have some really cool mechanics, I got to say. So... Um, one of the coolest mechanics in this is that you do you there is individual racing, but that is not even at all why you play this game. You play this game for the team racing, and so it's not where you individually finish; it's where your team finishes. Um, and so it's teams of three, and so you know um, you can build you can build your team of three. It doesn't have to be you know Sonic, Tails, Knuckles versus you know Doctor Robotnik and Shadow and um, Rogue or who you know whoever. Um, so you can't there are there are there are multiple teams and you can play with different people um, and then every character has their own type you know so Sonic is more of a speed guy uh, Tails has is better with items uh, Knuckles is a little bit more defense heavy and there's a really cool feature in that the the person in your team that is in first first place of your team you don't have to be in first place overall but the leading person on your team leaves a trail behind them and then you can basically get into that stream and then it will allow you to go faster it allows your that's team, cool that allows your cool. team to go faster so there is this mechanic where you're constantly just like slingshotting the other people in your team back and forth um there's definitely a lot of depth to this game in the racing Unfortunately, like there's not really a lot of modes. There's not, um, you know, the online play is like it's okay. Um, there's like unlike Mario Kart where there's a lot of items. Uh, there's the the items in this are just there. There's not a lot and they feel pretty generic. Um, but I mean, so by far the coolest element to this game is just simply the the team mechanic of slingshotting your people back and forth. And then when you play in the in the cups, um, you know, it's. It's not just you who needs to finish. You need to make sure your team is doing well. And so it's you earn points as a team. And so it's like, oh, it's you can really overcome like a bad race because, well, if my all all everybody in my team finishes first, you know, one, two and th- first, second and third is how you want to finish. 
uh, then it you can crank out a lot of points in in your cup races and stuff like that. Um, level design is pretty cool, but if it, it feels a little bit, it feels um, pretty generic even for the Sonic uh, universe. So um, I would definitely not say this is anywhere close to being a contender to unseat Mario Kart. But if you could find this game for like twenty bucks as a Mario Kart alternative, I think it's pretty cool. I never played a lot of the Sonic. Um racing games mm-hmm. to be honest but again it's another series that's just it always looked so freaking cool and i've always wanted to try it i i played a little bit of uh sonic drift for the game oh yeah. yeah 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 that was that's kind of cool it was kind of a cool game but um it, it's it sounds i i like the idea of that team uh based aspect you were talking about you know being able to slingshot people basically. yeah that's that's that is by far the coolest aspect of this game yeah that's very sharp i i, I like the idea of that it definitely i i, I can i can imagine like the competitiveness is, especially if you're playing with like other people it, like it it definitely like probably gets um you know pretty like um pretty competitive pretty grueling. yeah right. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah absolutely so all right well uh, adam what do you have next uh, next is a game I'm playing right now. I bought it for my Switch, and I bought the um, Deluxe Edition because it comes with the uh, added DLC at Later Gone. This was a game I had on my eye uh, for a, a long time, and it's called Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. It is a uh, turn-based tactical RPG, and I freaking love this game oh my god (laughs) like i fell in love with it a lot more than i expected myself to like i i i'm big into the post-apocalyptic uh genre when it comes to anything so knowing this and i i like the fact that um it's definitely trying to do its own thing it's got anthropomorphic uh characters too and stuff like so so like you know like when i first saw the first trailer for it you see a girl but then you see like this anthropomorphic boar named Borman and a duck named Ducks. Uh, and basically uh, what I could say about this is uh, a plague broke out. The The world ended and you are traversing the post-apocalyptic wasteland known as, they call it the zone. And you come from a, a habitat known as the Ark, and the Ark is this stronghold that's basically, um, it was a structure uh, built top high in like, um, I don't know if it's in like a bridge or just built in the trees basically, but it reminds me kind of like the um, the uh, the bridge base that they had in um, the 90s movie Johnny Mnemonic. I don't know if anyone saw that with Keanu Reeves. Um, and... Uh, Henry Rollins was in that movie too. Oh wow! But that's but that's basically what um, that's basically what the arc reminds me of, though. So you start out as ducks and Borman, and you you are called stalkers. You are just two uh, well trained um, inhabitants that go out into the zone to collect any resources you need to help the zo- uh, the arc uh, survive. Any resources and all enemies uh, traversing. Um, the zone are called uh, ghouls and there's a, another faction called the uh, Nova sect and the Nova sect are uh, basically like this 
other type of mutated ghouls that could also do like mind control uh basically and as far as gameplay goes it's like i said it's a it's a tactical rpg so uh when you're walking around like the the map is just um split up into different zones you can go into and you know you and when you're like just exploring it's totally free roam and you could fast travel back to any different zone you've been to but when you go into battle it becomes turn-based and um you you can either move a couple of blocks like based on your stats as you keep leveling up you can move like a certain amount of spaces and um you can attack uh, and you can choose different attacks basically every character has their own special set of abilities like ducks is definitely like the better sniper uh borman is really good at getting up close and personal so you might want to equip them with something like a shotgun or another close range weapon and you get selma pretty early in the game she's a human that's a mutant that um she can like harden her skin which can make her get up close and personal and she could all she also has this ability that she can like tap into the earth and ha and like get enemies stuck in vines so they can't move so she's pretty good for mid-range and close range and um borman could also like he could tackle enemies too which knocked them down for like two turns as well so he could get an advantage as well so it definitely makes you think like okay what do i want to uh, equip these guys with and stuff like that you you meet other characters along the way i met uh, uh magnus who is another human mutant and he could um do mind control actually and he has another ability that doesn't work all the time but sometimes like if an enemy shoots at him he can uh, deflect bullets basically with um, like kind of like this warp field he could create with his mind. And then there's um, Pharaoh. She's a she's a fox, but she's her abilities are like kind of like really mixed. I'm still trying to like learn her really. But I uh, personally like playing as uh, Borman, Ducks, and Selma. Though I think I got that team like down to the T. You unlock new abilities as. Um, you level up, but uh, basically the story is is like your engineer guy that just basically tends to anything mechanical got captured by ghouls, and they're trying to basically uh, use him to find this special weapons cache they've been hearing about um, in Eden, which is supposed to be uh, a myth, but it's supposed to be like this. Uh, haven for like everybody where you could be safe at but it's kind of not and there's just a stockpile of weapons there and they want it so they can destroy the world basically so so yeah it, it without spoiling too much still just as you get deeper more things begin to uh get revealed to you 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 learn more about the game by picking up notes um as you explore different environments and stuff like that but what i love about this game is the fact that again it's a post-apocalyptic game and it's like okay well how many more post-apocalyptic games can we get well let me tell you something though this game definitely has its own identity you know it's uh it's um an isometric uh, perspective as well i i always i'm a, always a big fan of that i it's you know it's kind of like playing a like a board game i always felt like which actually this is based off a board game um, to be honest, uh, which I've never played, but, um, it definitely t gives a lot of nods to a lot of things in the post-apocalyptic genre. Like there's definitely nods to fallout. There's definitely nods to planet of the apes. I feel like, um, 
Terminator to a degree, not not so much though, but it takes all of these things and basically build it builds its own uh, mythos basically. And that's what I like about it. And also with the deluxe edition, I know when I go to play the DLC, we're going to get another mutant that's a moose. But it's it's uh it takes a lot of getting used. Like I don't play a lot of tactical RPGs, so I um what I would do is is I would split the group up sometimes if I was in a sticky situation, and I would stealth's a big part of this game. It really, really is, and you can equip two weapons, so it's always good to have a stealth-based weapon equipped with your character, no matter what, which thankfully all my characters have, like, you know, I always tend to their weapons, I always upgrade them, you can modify weapons as well, with with stuff you find out in the zone, and that's that's always helpful, always upgrade as well, and get, you know tailor your character's stats based on the gear you find you know like for ducks you're going to want stuff with good critical hits when you're hidden because you want ducks to be all about stealth and hidden as a sniper basically um you know for someone like borman you want something with like a high armor count that will also give you additional health since he has to get closer to enemies stuff like that um but basically i would split the team up and i would stealthily move myself across each zone to get a lay of the land, do an enemy count, see who's out there. That way that way you know, like, all right, well, this enemy can do this, this enemy can do this, so maybe I should set my team up like this, basically. you know. That And, and the more you play it, the more you're going to get used to the tactical um, aspect of it. I was struggling hard uh, when I first got into it, but I was still, like, really enjoying it because of the setting and, and the characters and everything like that. But, yeah. If you're looking for that kind of experience, uh, Mutant Ear Zero Road to Eden. And yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm not done yeah. with it yet. You know, but... it's, a, it's a game that I have um, I have seen it on in the Switch eShop. And I, I think, I think there, there's a physical version of it for PlayStation 4. Um, yeah, and the Switch because I have the physical edition. Okay, and, and, okay. Yeah. so yeah, it's definitely a game I've seen. Um, and I was just watching some gameplay footage there as you were talking. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of not necessarily free roaming, but there is some roaming um, yeah, yeah. And, and exploring and almost like XCOM a little bit. Yeah, the, the battle is – I, I yeah. meant to mention that. The battle is very XCOM-based, exactly. So if you're familiar with that style, then yeah, you know, it, it might be more familiar to you if you played XCOM. Yeah, well, maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to check it out because I've I've I keep I, I I keep seeing it, you know, on my in my Switch eShop. I'm like, oh, I need, I should check that out. I, I you know, I, and then again on Amazon as well, it keeps popping up. So, yeah, yeah. I love it, and 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 it's funny because I I got to one part again without giving it up where I was kind of just like in awe of what I was seeing of what I had found, and because like. It's it's kind of like yeah like it's free roam and it's like it's not because it's the map is just divided up into different zones you could travel to so you're like you're like confined to an area and then you go to the next area and then you get a load screen and then you're in that area basically but um I was in this one part and I'm just in awe of what I'm seeing and I'm staring at this and I'm like this is this has got Planet of the Apes written all over it and I'm talking original like the 70s uh series. Mm-hmm. Of the movies. Um, 
which is cool to see people pay not to because it's a favorite series of mine that I don't think gets enough um, uh, credit to, uh, basically. But um, it's it's a very easy game uh, to grasp. You get the hang of it, and um, you just have to um, you have to just be very very uh, patient uh, with with a game like this. But it's fun. Yeah, yeah I'm digging cool. it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm actually going to kind of cheat here and talk about two games, but they're both in the same franchise. And one of the games is only going to take me a couple minutes to talk about. Um, So for Christmas, I uh, got Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And then earlier, uh, just a month earlier, I picked up, obviously, Pokemon Sword. So, you know, you and I talked a little bit, Adam. Um, I don't think on an episode, but just... uh, just I think in before, general, just yeah. in general, before we yeah. recorded last time, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. So obviously, this game came out well now. I think two years ago because it came out uh, twenty eighteen. Um, so it's basically it's a remake of Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, Yellow. Well, it's really more a remake of Yellow. You know, you have Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um. You know, so now, uh, you know, it's kind of weird when you think about it because red and blue, essentially, it's like we you start with red and green in Japan. We get red and blue, which are just slightly different than than red than the Japanese red and green. Uh, Then you get yellow, which is kind of a new version of that uh, designed to look more like the anime. Then you get fire red and leaf green, Um, you know, when they remade it for the Game Boy Advance. And now it's being remade again here with Pokemon um let's go so yeah it uses some of the pokemon go mechanics which is by far i would say the biggest difference in this game um because no longer are you battling pokemon you just simply throw pokeballs at them like you do in pokemon let's and in, in uh, pokemon go to catch them and so you can like basically blitz through uh pokemon red and blue and i think that's kind of cool actually um, and it was a way, I think, for Nintendo to take people who have just played Pokemon Go and get them into what it's like a little bit more to play on the consoles. Sure, yeah. Um, I haven't finished it, but I have finished, obviously, Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow and Let's and uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green a, a, a hundred times. Um, and I it's... It, 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 I played this after Pokemon Sword, which I'll get to here in a second, but um, I think it's really cool, actually. I think it's a really cool version of the game um, because it's not, you, you know, you you fight Team Rocket like you do in Yellow, so it's definitely, think, more Pokemon Yellow, how it has more tie-ins to the animes. You see Jesse and James from Team Rocket and Meowth. Um, I think the world is really pretty, uh, the, way they, the way they've done it. Um, I'll probably finish it, but... And I haven't run into Red yet, but you run into your rival isn't Professor Oak's grandson, Blue. Blue, Red and Blue are in the game. So I think it is like it it seems like it takes place like just after Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, But there's still a lot of the same stuff going on. I'm not entirely sure how like the whole timeline business works in this. But um, nonetheless, if you've never played a Pokemon game. And you have played Pokemon Go, uh, which 
I think it's safe to say, because that was like the single most downloaded app of all time when it came yeah. out. Um, you know, I think, or you want to go back and play it. I think this would be a decent place to go. Um, it's obviously even easier than the original game. So um, I think that's also another uh, great entry point for, for people. Or if you just kind of want to play Pokemon Red and Blue and don't really want to spend all the time battling all the Pokemon um, that you encounter in the wild, well, then I think this is a good way to go. So um, I have the Eevee version. You know, there's the Pikachu version as well. But, I mean, it's pretty much it's just Pokemon Red and Blue. But it's a it's a, a good spin on it. Yeah, I always I always felt like um, I didn't play them. Like I played I played original Red and Blue like way back when when it came out. And um, I have my red version on Game Boy. But I do feel like. I like the accessibility it has with Pokemon Go. That's pretty cool. And I, you know, like you said, they remade it once. And that was cool. That was that was very tasteful. And I feel, I feel like this is still tasteful. Uh, it's, it's very cute. It's a very cute game, I feel like. And it's other than having people that played Pokemon Go get into Pokemon on a bigger scale if they haven't played any of the games... It's definitely a good way to um, get the younger uh, generation mm-hmm. into it. I feel like I th- and I thought that was that was very clever. Like it, you know, just in a different lens, they're they're seeing uh, what we got basically. So right, yeah, right. Now the only downside I'll say to it is the playing options are kind of weird. So you cannot play it with a pro controller. You right. can play it with a Joy-Con because you have to, like, flick it. Right. Or you can just play in handheld mode with, like, the A button. So it seems really odd to me that you can't use a Pro Controller, but that is just kind of the way it works. I don't know why, uh, but it's just how it works. Um, so there's there's that. Can you use a Pro Controller with Sword and Shield, though? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. All right. So sword exactly. Okay. So yeah. So let's 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 talk a little bit about Pokemon Sword. So Pokemon Sword, um, and then obviously Shield. I just got Sword. Um, you know, eight generation. I think eight, right? Gen eight is where. Yeah, that's where, where we're we are. at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is um, you know, the game we've been waiting for forever. A you know, air quote console. <laughs> You know, it's on the Switch, though, you know, it's a hybrid, um, a console Pokemon game. But that is what it feels like. It does. It it feels like a console Pokemon. Um, it does a lot of things which I thought were really cool in trying to take Pokemon in a little bit of a different direction than it's gone before while still tr- keeping that same um, Pokemon formula. So there's not. There's kind of, in a way, there is um, random encounters now, but more often than not, you you just see the Pokemon um, in tall grass. You run into them. You know, a lot of other games do that as well. That that type of battle system. Um, the game looks great. Uh, people people were complaining about like you know low textures and all this stuff, and I was like, I don't, well, I don't care. I think I think the game looks great. I think it's yeah, really, I thought it looked. I thought it looked I think, good. I think it look, I think it looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the. You know, it's still you. You go through. You battle the eight. You know, eight gym leaders. Get all your badges. Go fight to be Pokemon champion. Um, there's a lot. Uh, they get rid of Mega Evolution, 
and add in um, like Gigantamaxing, you know, um, which is where your Pokemon just get really, really, really big for three turns. Um, kind of similar to Mega Evolution. I think actually this, I like Mega Ev- Evolution better, but I think that this is far more sustainable than Mega Evolution because you don't have to come up with new forms for all these Pokemon. They just get really big sure. uh, yeah. and do and do a lot more damage. So that's cool. Um, I think that the, they did, did some really cool stuff with the story in this game. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but it's it feels a little more streamlined. It feels more involved. Um, there's definitely like a storyline going on from the beginning as opposed to a loose storyline that's going on, uh, you know, with like Team Rocket or whatever as you're um, kind of just going through the game. Uh, your rival in this game, I thought it was kind of interesting and that your rival's pretty awful. Uh, like he sucks, actually. <laughs> like, oh my god! Just, yeah, like he's like he ta- he fails a lot, and so he's always he actually kind of like looks up to you, but he's like kind of your friend, and we're going to do this together, and so it's kind of weird, just a different kind of take on 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 yeah, sort of the rival. But your yeah. rival's your rival's brother is like the unbeaten champion, right? Oh boy! <laughs> so it's really more about like he's your real, I guess, in a way, kind of rival. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely some cool stuff to it. The, then there's some post game content where you go get the legendaries. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's cool, but it's, it's kind of like just a weird, you know, like anime, like think of like a very like odd anime type story. Um, the game itself actually, if it, uh, feels a little bit shorter than some of the other Pokemons. And I think. That's just to do with the new, the big new uh, thing in this game is the wild area. Oh, okay. So, yeah, makes sense. yeah, and the wild area is it's not huge. Um, it's 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 kind of small, and eventually, once you kind of get to the later game, you find yourself just running around a lot. Uh, and it, I mean, just getting on a bike and and jumping around. Which, by the way, another huge advantage is now there's no longer any need for. And I think this was the case in Sun and Moon, but I did I did not play Sun and Moon. Um, I played X and Y in Omega Ruby. Um, but, uh, you no longer need, um, HM moves for like fly, swim, strength, stuff like that. Ah, so Uh, refreshing. (laughs) Yes. So much better. It is just so, it's so much better. That you don't you don't you don't need that stuff anymore because it always felt like you just had to have all these characters who would specifically have that and it would kind of lock you into them on your team. Um, so I think that was a great great move um, in getting rid of that. Um, but then so the the wild area right so you you get like a bike and you can and you can it, it just kind of turns into uh, a bike that you can kind of paddle on uh, you know right. it, it gets these like big rubber wheels and you just kind of go across the water in, when you're in the wild area but and the wild area has all these different kind of zones in it and where you know there's like oh ghost pokemon will appear here fire pokemon will appear here ice pokemon will appear here um, and so i think that's really cool I think that I think the wild area is really, really cool, albeit kind of small. And I think it's a great direction for Pokemon to go with in the future. That's what I feel like I can say the most about this game is that it is a great step in the right direction. Um, I would not say that I I would probably not have it in my top three um, Pokemon generations. Um, 
I think you and I, Adam, both kind of think that Gen Two is really the best. Yeah, uh, you know, Ruby or Gold and Silver Crystal, just because of you get two regions and stuff like that. But um, and then I, I really love obviously Red and Blue and X and Y, um, and then Soul Silver, which is you know you can heart gold soul silver fire red leaf green i you know yes they're in different generations but i mean i just view them as still like gen one and gen two um just because of the game even though they're right you know whatever um but so again i and there's there's some big dlc coming and so we'll see what that kind of does to the game maybe expand it out a little bit more but again that's where i feel with this is it's it is i think it's still a total buy um, I, and I think that it's totally a, a good step in the right direction for Pokemon. We'll see if it really does a lot in terms of like Pokemon tournaments and, um, all, all of that kind of stuff. I think, I think, I think it looks great. I, and I had, a, I had, a, I had a ton of fun with it. It's not my favorite Pokemon game, but again, I think that gen nine, or if we get another Pokemon game or this expansion that's coming, really opens that up a little bit more, I think, ooh, then Pokemon's going to be in a very, very good place. Yeah, I uh, I didn't get it, and I still don't know if I'm going to, but, mm-hmm. like, it, it, I don't think it looks as bad as people are making it out to be, and I do think a lot of the new Galarian forms for the, the Gen 1s are, are pretty cool. Like, I liked the, um, the Weezing, mm-hmm. and yeah. the... Um, I liked what they did with um, was it Far- did they do it with Farfetch'd or was it they Farfetch'd? Just Farfetch'd no, the, Far- um... yeah. Oh, Farfetch'd was the reason I got Pokemon Sword because uh, nice. I I love Farfetch'd and nice guy I I, ha- I simply had to have Surfetch'd, uh, you know, who, who's got like a sword and a shield with a leak. He's great. Yeah, that's cool. That's really. And cool. then I on the that. and then on the on the shield side. There is um, the it's not fairy. I don't think. I think it's psychic type, uh, Panita and Rapidash. Yes, that yes. Like, that's like a unicorn. I think that's a really cool. That's a to- that's a very cool looking Pokemon. And I think there's a um, is it an evolved form of Mister Mime? I think now too. I mm-hmm. think we're getting. I think there got... is a, there is a different Mister Mime in there. Yes, yes. There yeah, is, yeah, that looked that looked cool as well. So it's it's cool to see. Um, Pokemon that didn't get much love earlier in the series, they're getting like kind of like these new showcased uh, makeovers now. Mm. You know, that I think it's cool, like, and they yeah, they started that cool. with Sun, right? Sun and Sun and Moon, the uh, Alolan forms. Yeah, it's like an ice Volpix. Yeah. I I do. I think I think that's a cool way to go forward because. I mean, God, we're at like a thousand Pokemon. You just start running out at some point. I mean, I don't know. You know, let's yeah, yeah. Like me personally, my thing is is like if you want to keep putting Pokemon games out, like that's absolutely fine. Like, like I'm all for it. Like I grew up with Pokemon, but my thing is is I I just think maybe every now and then, and people are probably gonna string me up for saying this is every Pokemon game you guys put out. You don't have to make new ones for us guys just give us some new ones when you have some really good ideas is all i can really say yeah and take more chances with making different rpgs like you did with i know they they kind of got canned back in the day but these were on the gamecube which was coliseum and xd but mm-hmm. i personally really enjoyed coliseum and xd and xd i played the crap out of i, I loved the towns i saw a lot of different inspiration of different rpgs put into that game and you know you have to catch the shadow pokemon and reconvert them i thought this is cool i thought this is 
this is fun, like a, a fun, different story to do, but with with the RPG elements. I thought to myself, uh, so I I think maybe like like let's do that, but um, it's funny because I I wasn't I played X and Y. I really wasn't that into them. I didn't play Sun and Moon. I I said I didn't get uh, Sword and Shield or the Let's Go games. But I did pre-order Mystery Dungeon uh, DX, yes. though, because so, yes. I remember when that first came out, and I like Mystery Dungeon games, and I played the demo, and I was like, you know what? The, again, there's something really cute about this, very different. I like the way they went with the graphics, and it's a dungeon crawler, which means as the game goes on, it's only to get more brutal. You know, it's very, it's 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 going to be roguelike. I like that. So I'm I'm definitely going to get that and you know tr- and, and plus it's cuz it 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 revolves around the first three generations. You know, and I you know I was I I was 8. I think I was 8 or 9 when Pokémon first got put into the US and I followed it as far as the games go, I played the first two gens, which were my favorite, and I skipped third gen, but I played fourth gen. You know, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. Mm-hmm. I, I loved those. And I I really enjoyed Black and White as well. And in my, in my, in my personal opinion, people are probably going to disagree with me on this, I think the greatest Pokemon games are Gold, Silver, Crystal, then Red, Blue, Yellow. Um, but I think the last great Pokemon games were Diamond, Pearl and Platinum, and I think the last good Pokemon games were Black and White, and people might th- disagree with me, and and that's okay. But that's just personally. Uh, I actually think there'd be a lot of people that it. agree with you. I've I, I've heard a lot of people say that they felt like Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum were the, was the best gen. They I mean, were really good. They were very yeah. very good. Had a lot of great uh, fourth gen Pokemon. Um, I liked the fact that we got evolved forms for Gen One and Twos that didn't evolve. Um, and it, it kind of had this um, very. Who's the, uh, who's the, who, isn't that the one with? Is it Infernape? Infernape, or is that the one with? Yeah, uh, yeah, Blaze, yeah, Blaze yeah. It's um, it, uh, Blazekin's third gen. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And Infernape's uh, fourth gen. Uh, I took Piplup because I always take water types when I start these games, <laughs> uh, which also goes to show you guys with the DX uh, demo for Mystery Dungeon, I I uh, I got Squirtle. <laughs> so so yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that too. Um, and he's rocking a bandana around his neck not sunglasses like the squirtle squad but close enough you know but um you know we'll wait and see what happens with this dlc with sword and shield and i also wanted to add and this is the last thing i'll say about it the fact that game freak and nintendo were putting out a dlc for pokemon this time and not a third game uh really shows you how much things have changed uh in the 21st century oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I mean, I, I watched the I watched the direct. I, I think it's gonna be a pretty big thing. Um and I'm actually it's it's I don't get excited very often for DLC, but I am actually def I am actually kind of excited for this DLC, so so we'll see. So all right. Well, uh Adam, what do you we got some more games to burn through here. What what do you what do you got? I am going to cheat as well and kind of go through two. And I'm only going to do that because uh, these are two very well-known games that were ported to the Game Boy Advance because, as everybody knows, when the Game Boy Advance came out, we were all in awe at how powerful it was. You know, it was, it's, it's a portable Super Nintendo, and at that, it's even better than a Super Nintendo. 
Um, because there isn't enough that I could say about these games that hasn't been said already. And I'm trying to finish out the Super Mario Advanced games on the Game Boy Advance because I had the first one and the third one for the longest time. But I finally got Super Mario Advanced 2, Super Mario World for the Game Boy Advance. And, you know, of course I know I can play it on my Switch with the uh, the emulator. But I wanted the more um, updated uh, graphics version for it on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. So, happy with that. It I suck at it. It is... I think it's one of the harder Mario games, but uh, I love the worlds. I'm in the third world. Uh, you know, I love the fact that you could, you know, you get to team up with Yoshi and everything and stuff like that, and you could switch between uh, Mario and Luigi. I'd rather play as Mario because Luigi's got like this weird, like slick type of feeling to it mm-hmm. that I don't like. He slides a lot, but he's got the better jump. But it's like it's not enough for me. I'm just gonna go through it as Mario. I'm gonna keep it basic, really. But um. You know, for a little Game Boy Advanced cartridge, I, I just I always loved that classic, colorful uh, Super Mario uh, artwork slabbed on there too. So I'm happy to get that finally. So all I need now is Super Mario Advanced Four, which was uh, Super Mario Three, mm-hmm. actually. And I got because this falls into the River City Ransom uh, realm, guys. I got Super Dodgeball on the Game Boy Advance as well. Oh, uh, nice. you know, it's just, just a dodgeball game, but you know, it's in, you know, it's in that kind of like a lot of river city, uh, references and stuff like that. And, uh, and characters like, you know, like Kunio and, um, uh, Jack James, stuff like that and everything, you know, it's just, you have team USA, um, team England, team India, Iceland, China, Kenya, Japan, Russia, uh, Team Shadow, which is like a clone of Team USA, but there's a second Team USA called Team Pro All-Stars. And uh, I'm a big music buff, guys. So what I like, too, is that if you listen really closely to Team England's theme, it's uh, very reminiscent of the Beatles, which makes sense to me because (laughs) Japan absolutely loved uh, the Beatles, you know, when they were, you know, the biggest thing in the world, you know, during the sixties. So I picked up on that and sure enough, I went and read about it and I'm not going to say what songs Uh, I want you to figure it out in your home. That's your homework listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but, um, I thought, Oh, okay. So I kind of was onto something here. So it was kind of nice to get that, um, validation by reading about it. Uh, you know, and a lot of like the stages are, you know, based on like, you know, real, you know, areas like, um, the American um, uh, stage is kind of like, it's got like Statue of Liberty. Uh, England's got uh, Tower Bridge. India's got the Taj Mahal. China's uh, Tiananmen Square. Um, Russia is uh, the Red Square. It's um, it's a very fast-paced game. And I still haven't gotten the hang of it, to be honest. I like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just throwing the ball. And uh, I, I've never completed a single uh, game yet in it though oh but, wow but but you know it, it's a game that was very well known on the um on the nes uh but it, you know i'm gonna definitely take the time to sit down with it and I, I like a few sports games here and there you know like like i said super dodgeball i i was big really big on mario tennis uh for the most part that's probably my favorite sports game ever actually but uh yeah a couple for the uh game boy advance collection right there Nice, nice. Um, all, right. all right, well, 
I have, uh, I'm going to double up here as well on another um, set of games. For PS4, the Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection, which is Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, and then also Uncharted 4. Um, Uncharted 4, I've never played. I loved the original games. I just don't know why I never uh, ended up picking up 4, but I was like, you know what, it's time, I want to get it. Especially now as we get ready to go to the PS5, there's a lot of these games you can find for 20 bucks on Amazon and stuff like that. Sure, so yeah. Absolutely. I was like, well, I'm going to buy the collection and then buy Uncharted 4 as well. So, um, But I will say, man, replaying the Uncharted games, I'm still in one. Um, I'm kind of playing it along with my girlfriend because she's never played them, obviously, because she doesn't really play games. But she doesn't mind uh, like doing work on her computer if I'm and I'm playing it like she like the story is so the story's so good that I it's like oh you know um something that's like easy to follow along so uh replaying those definitely can't wait to get to uncharted 2 and uncharted 3 uh the updated graphics better gameplay engine on the PS4 compared to the PS3 just for myself playing it I'm like oh it's definitely worth checking out nice the ps4 version if you have played the original ps3 versions um and i'm sure uncharted 4 is going to be obviously you know the best because it was built on ps4 designed for ps4 so um but i love them i cannot say enough good things about them uh uncharted 2 most people consider to be the best game on ps3 uh if not one of the top 10 games of the last console generation uh you know that the ps3 xbox 360 wii era um, and I would definitely agree, although I kind of prefer the third game a little bit more. Um, but nonetheless, the, the Uncharted series is amazing. We're supposed to be getting an Uncharted movie at some point um, starring uh, Tom Holland, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe's Spider-Man. If they can ever settle on a director, uh, which seems to be an issue uh, yeah. because they uh, they've gone through like six directors uh, for this thing, trying to trying to get one. But um, then there is. There are two more Uncharted games on the Vita, and I think one of them was ported to PS4. It's where you play as uh, Chloe. Um, I don't know. Is it not Chloe? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I can't blanking on her name. But the girl that's in Uncharted 2, you got to play as her like years before. Yeah, I know what Uncharted game you're talking series. about. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's like Lost Legacy or something like that. And then Uncharted Golden Abyss is the one that's only on Vita. Um, and I've not, I haven't played either of those, but I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably check out the one that was ported to PS4 at some point, but right now, yeah, Uncharted replaying it. It's just, it's so good, man. The, the story is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a great, great series. See, like I, I didn't get a, a PS3 when it came out and, um, I skipped out on the PS4, which I gratefully regret. Um, but you know, I was big on Tomb Raider. And I think the Tomb Raider reboots were very nicely done as well. It's not enough I could say about Tomb Raider. But because of that, this and because my friends know me, they're like, oh, dude, you should play Uncharted because you loved those Tomb Raider games and everything. And it's I'm kind of just like it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, <laughs> maybe one day. And I, I plan on going all in on the PS5 when it comes out. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly when it drops, but maybe somehow, some way, if they do, like, another, like, uh, re-release of it, or if they do some kind of backwards compatibility, I could finally uh, sit down and and get to this series, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's where I'm at right now. I got my PS3 at the very end of its life cycle. And then the PS4, I think I was really heavy on until the Switch came out. And then I've just really kind of migrated to the Switch. And now I have a gaming PC. So I've been just getting a lot of bigger third-party games on the PC. So I'm now going back and being like, all right, what are these games that I missed out on on PlayStation? Um, and now that especially I like get a lot of them a lot cheaper. I have another game I'll talk about here in a bit uh, after I pass it back to you. Um, but it, it just, so I'm, that's where I, right now I'm like, oh, it's time to time to kind of finish out the PS4, make sure I stock up on a lot of those games because they're going to be playable on PS5. That Sony's very much said that you know, there's going to be backwards compatibility and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, kind of like you, like like I got a 360 during that um, during that generation, and I don't, that, yeah, I I, I, I I don't regret getting a 360 because the 360 I think really was a great system and it had a lot of really great uh, exclusives and a, a lot that were even like underlooked mm-hmm. and kind of and I, I'd say uh, hidden and, gems. And I would say and I'd say actually I think until I would say until really the end of that life cycle, I think the 360 was better. I think it was it was cheaper. Um, That's what a lot of people would say. Uh, developers had a harder time developing for the PS3, so a lot of early for those first couple years, um, a lot of games were better on on uh, Xbox. Anyway, I mean they just were better. It was easy to develop for. Really, when it was it was like two to three years in is where you finally started seeing. Um, I'd say the PlayStation kind of pull a PS3 kind of pull ahead. Um, they just started getting a lot more exclusive games. And I remember games, um, you know, like third party games looked very similar between the two. Um, but then it would be the exclusives that the PS3 really, you could just tell had a lot more horsepower. Um, and then also I remember games like final fantasy, uh, 13 the ps3 version because it is on a blu-ray as opposed to an hd dvd i think the i think it's on three discs on the xbox 360 uh videos aren't uncompressed or aren't compressed i should say uh and so there's like a little bit of difference there so i'd say towards the end is really where the the ps3 kind of pulled ahead but early in i mean i'd say between those those two you have the Wii obviously doing its own thing but um, between those two, I mean, I'd say early on, I think a lot of people were more Xbox Xbox players. Yeah, it looks that way, definitely. Yeah, I, I certainly was. But then I, I switched. As soon as Xbox One and PS4 came out, I switched straight back to PlayStation. I got an Xbox One because that's just... My brother was playing games on an Xbox One with our, with our friend group, and I was kind of just like, well, I want to play games with these guys. And then right. just as time went, went on, I was just kind of like, oh, God damn it. Right. <laughs> just to myself, like, it's just so many games on the PS4 I wish I played, man. That's all right. I can say. Right. No, I, I get it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you. So I, I, I to- totally understand totally understand how that works. Because that was, that was me in the Xbox era when I was like, man, you know, there's all these games I missed out on PS3. Like, I, you know, I uncharted and and it really for me it was like metal gear solid 4 was the only game i was like that's the only reason i'd buy a ps4 i really wish little, I played metal gear little solid 4. little did i know you know i missed out on uncharted and little big planet and you know so so a lot of a lot of great yeah, games yeah little big planet was very very well received on the ps3 and became a big hit too on the psp even right yeah right. 
So, all right. Well, uh, Adam, I'm gonna toss I'm gonna toss it back to you. All right. So I haven't played this game yet, but it, I'm definitely gonna sit down and play this soon because this is a game that I've been wanting to play for a while. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it, but that's okay. I've always been a big fan of the Wario series. I've got all four Wario Land games. I've got Wario Land. I mean, I've got Wario Where gold on my uh, 3ds uh i've always wanted to play a few more of the older warrior games to see what different kind of mini games they have on it but this was a wario game that flew under the ra- radar on the ds and it's called master of the skies wario master of the skies yeah, look this up. and uh basically uh the game starts with wario sitting in his house watching television and as he flips through the channels he comes up on a show about a thief called the Silver Zephyr, who can wield various disguises. So, you know, Wario's jealous, and uh, he creates uh, the Telement, which is a helmet that allows him to enter the TV show. So he steals the thief's disguise and uh, the changing wand called Good Style, which the mechanic behind that is like, you know, this was a game that, you know, the developers for the the ds were kind of like all right like we want we want the stylist to have a function here and they and they did so you get uh different disguises basically that have all of their own uh different abilities and i have the manual the game manual in my hand yeah guys because Mm -hmm. nintendo ds games still came with game manuals (laughs) so here we go so you have your regular uh thief wario uh which uh you draw a check mark on him and he's disguised as the silent but deadly thief Wario. And he could jump high, and he could tackle you when you tap the touch screen. Right. Silent, have... silent but deadly being the key words for Wario there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me exactly. after playing it's, Wario it's... after all these years. Exactly. I mean, uh, Cosmic Wario, you draw a circle around Wario, and he gets a space outfit. And you just tap the touch screen to fire laser beams. Then you get Artie Wario. So you draw like a special uh, canvas on him, basically. Uh, And, you know, basically like the manual will show you like what kind of uh, design you have to show uh, to draw everything, basically. So uh, for this, it's like some kind of like weird kind of square. And uh, that's really it for that. Uh, He can... um, can this do um hang on a second here he has to draw masterpieces and he can make blocks when you draw them basically then you have genius wario you have to draw a weird kind of symbol on him here and he gets a magnifier on his uh body uh and he gets special goggles and he can see hidden paths and devices um, you have Sparky Wario. You have to draw like a lightning bolt on him, and he gets to you. Um, he can open treasure chests in uh, dark rooms. And you have Captain Wario. There's a lot of forms here. You can uh, you have to draw like a type of like um, what is this? What is this called? Uh, a ship's prow. I don't know what a prow is on a ship, guys. Mm, I don't know but, either. Uh, yeah, but you have to draw that, and uh, he gets like a piratey captain kind of look, and he could um, 
you have to uh, use the st sketch the stylus sideways um, to speed across water. And you have Dragon Warrior. And basically, you can shoot fireballs and stuff like that and light fires. And then you get Wicked Warrior, which kind of looks like a superhero suit, basically, with devil horns. And he could, uh, he could fly, basically, in that mode. But like I said, I never got to play this, though. And it flew under the radar, and a lot of people didn't like it. But I always thought it looked fun. And, uh, yeah. I, I got it. It uses a it uses a health system like Warrior Land 4 did, basically, um, because uh, Warrior Land 1 was kind of like that one hit kill system, basically. And um, two and three you're like invulnerable, but if you lose to a boss, you kind of just have to like go back and do it all over again. But four added the health bar system, so you could actually like die in it mm -hmm. again. And Warrior Master of the Skies really uh takes that as well but that's it really yeah you know i and i've really never really played any of the wario games and uh i love them i love them unfortunately what would you what would you recommend as, as a as a place to start um i don't know really that's kind of that's kind of a hard call really i mean i would probably say wario land um you could start anywhere really I mean, I started with three, because um, each each game kind of follows its own thing, really, basically. Mm -hmm. um, the first Royal Land takes place right after the, uh, Six Golden Coins, because Six Golden Coins is Wario's first appearance, actually. Okay. And... Um, the one, the one to me that always looked cool was, like, Wario Land Shake It, I think, for the Wii... That was uh, on the Wii, yeah, and that looked pretty like clever too, cartoony. I didn't play that one, but it looked good. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I love them all. Um, four four has really really great music to it, and um, the world the worlds are a lot more uh, livelier. I feel like one is cool because depending on how much treasure you collect, um, it basically depicts what ending you get there's like three kinds of endings basically and uh how much treasure you get tells you what kind of kingdom you get and i got the worst kingdom which was a treehouse actually a very crappy treehouse because i didn't get, i didn't find a lot of treasure in the first royal land game uh. but um it, it's 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 a real hard uh, call for me with any of those games really i i, I like them all the same uh royal land's just one of my favorite series really again it's another one of those mario spinoffs that has really its own identity right basically it's it's, it's, it's its own game yeah okay, mm -hmm. okay. cool, cool. That's it. all right well um i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat here again i'm gonna double up um uh in one of these games you're gonna be talking about just a little bit more uh and that is uh dragon quest heroes 2 yeah. for the ps4 ah. and dragon quest 11 so there we go <laughs> dragon quest heroes 2 i have yet to put in my playstation 4 um and and play but again as i just said i'm, I'm building that that ps4 collection adding adding a lot of games towards the end of the life cycle because it was like 14 bucks and i the first dragon quest game i've ever played was dragon quest heroes and I absolutely loved it. I blitzed through that game. I put in, I got the platinum trophy. I think it was like 80 hours total. And I mean, it was like a blitz. I mean, it was like two weeks. I could just, I could just, 
could not put it down. I wanted to grind to the end. I wanted to get the platinum trophy. Um, all of the characters, I love the music. Uh, so I think for me, it was actually a really cool introduction to the Dragon Quest uh, franchise or Dra- uh, Dragon Warrior. You know, go back to the old games. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of inspired me to get some more Dragon Quest games. Uh, so as soon I knew when Dra- when Dragon Quest Heroes two came out. Um, it just came out, I think, at a time for me when I was moving on to the Switch. And so I was kind of wasn't playing my PS4 as much. And so um, that's why it just kind of set around. Now, there is a version on the Switch where you can get Dragon, but it's only in Japanese. It's Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2. Um, and so I finally just kind of reset up my PS4 with Uncharted. And so I was like, I knew, I was like, all right, well, this game, I'm, I know I'm buying uh for certain so i'll definitely come back once i once i've played a little bit more of it and um talk about it a little bit more but having played the first one and just and i love that kind of dynasty warriors gameplay um i'm obviously crazy excited to dive you know into that it's it's just it's much it's bigger more expansive than the original game where you have two or you have three kind of um well, it's not just three. You have you have a couple original characters to that story, and then you come across characters from a lot of the different Dragon Quest games, and that's the same thing here. Um, you're gonna come across some of the the characters from the from the the other bigger Dragon Quest games, and go on kind of your own cross adventure with these characters. So, um, definitely looking forward to diving into that um, uh, a, a little bit more. And then Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, you know, one of Adam's favorite games ever made. Uh, I just recently started, so I have I have started it, and man, just in the short period of bit of time I have in this game, I'm already like I'm going to love this game. I can tell right now. It's, as you you've told me, it's it's a lot of hours. Um, it's and I've heard that on Twitter that it's a really yeah, really long game. It really is. It took me over ninety hours to complete. Yeah, which is fine. Which which is fine. And I'm I'm loving it so far. And I, oh. I mean, even playing the Switch version, I'm like, this game looks really good. Even it does. The handheld, yeah. Even the handheld version, I'm like, this looks really good. So I I started looking up some video comparisons, and I think it's just one of the benefits of this art style. You know, this art style even on a definitely on a, on a definitely a smaller screen with less resolution. Um, it just doesn't look as bad as something that's a little more realistic because it's this kind of, it's not really cell shaded, but that kind of anime or, you know, yeah. Anime cartoony kind of, you know, art art style. It just, it just, it just translates better. Um, and the, the really cool thing is you can play this game in 2d if you wanted, you can play the entire, the entire game in 2d. So, you know, just a little bit of history of this game is it originally came out in japan on like you know ps4 and 3ds right right but then there i the there the 3ds version is a that you i believe in the 3ds you could play two ways you could play it in 3d which is its own like 3ds art style or 2d which is the 2d art style that we have in the switch version right yeah, so there is this other version out there, the Japanese 3DS version, which is its own 3D style. Um, and then you have this version, which is you know certainly downscaled from what you could play it on PC or PS4. But I think this game on Switch looks great. Still looks um, good. Still very breathtaking. I feel like. Yeah, and I'm certainly very excited to just kind of to to dive deeper into this. Yeah, I 
I love the uh, the characters. Uh, everyone's just so colorful. Everyone just has so much to add. Uh, the story, I I just can't wait for you to get to the end, man, because uh, my mind was totally blown, and this is easily my favorite game of all time now. Um, it's got single be single favorite single favorite game ever of all time. All time, like it's my like my new favorite game ever. It's just it's just dethroned everything. Which, when it comes to my favorite games of all time now, actually, that's two Dragon Quest games now that are actually that are in that nice. top ten now. But nice. um, it's got the Akira Toriyama artwork, and because it's 3D, you know, you see a bit more of those characters like uh, come to life, basically. Um, I can't say a single bad thing about this game. I, that that's it. I um. Because if I if I say anything, I'm just I'm just gonna spoil it all. But right, I, and you, you I, I love it. it. No, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm sure that was another ga- that was a game you were gonna talk about. So, do you have any? What do you have any others? Any any others? Uh, yeah, actually, that one wasn't because like I feel like I bought that one like a bit further back, so I was gonna actually like just skip that one really. But um, I've got one more here, and uh, I just bought it today. Actually, it had been on my wish list for. Uh, a very, very, very freaking long time. Uh, it was a Switch exclusive called uh, Damon X Machina. Ooh, yeah. Third-person mech game. Yeah. You know, it's very much in that Armored Core style um, where you, you know, you just... Well, basically, the story is is that a moon collided uh, with... Uh, I don't know if you're on Earth, but it's on whatever planet you're on. And... Um, some basic, some AI basically turned against humanity, and um, you are part of a team of mech pilots battling against um, the, you know, this this energy, this rogue AI basically, and you can customize your mech um, based on what enemies you you beat and everything. You can collect their weapons for upgrades and stuff like that. Uh, like I said, I haven't played it, but. Uh, I like mech games. I always liked the earlier Armored Core games. There was Chrome Hounds on the three, uh, 360 mm-hmm. when it first came out. That was really cool. Uh, the first Lost Planet was pretty heavy on mechs, too. I liked that. You know, Metal Gear Solid, even though you don't really use a mech. I, I just, I've always been very attracted to that stuff. And I just thought, well, you know what? It's a Switch exclusive. I got the Switch. Uh, let me see what this game can do. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's very, very colorful. It's powered by Unreal. Uh, Clips I've seen of it look pretty action-packed, so um, I'm I, I can't wait to start it. I'm I'm probably gonna start it once I finish uh, Mutant uh, Year Zero, actually. As well, yeah. even, even though I have to start through all these a couple of other games here that I mentioned, though. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, I played the I played the demo of that game uh when when it when it was first coming out because i do love armor core and i actually really like that art style where it's like it's really kind of bright bold um colors i think is kind of is is the easiest thing to say um i found it to be very fun i really like the armored core series my favorite armored core is armored core for answer um which i've talked about on the show before and that it's that one's a little more arcadey, and that's what I liked about this is some of the Armored Core games I think get a little too slow because they try to be too simulation based, I guess. Where you're, you know, for me, it's like I like I want to be more of like a Gundam, right? I want to be flying around, I'll be blowing stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, exactly. I don't want to be in this kind of slow moving robot that's a little more like, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to use the word realistic, obviously, but you know, what I mean? it's, <laughs> as, as, as a, you know, as opposed to like, you know, something so. more, something a bit more like loose, though, you know, right, you know, right not right, 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 tronic, yeah. basically. But yeah, right. I, 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 I had my eye on this game for a while, and um, I had some, I had some credit left over too, and I was just like, well, I could use the credit to save a few bucks, and uh, yeah, I got it, and um, I, I mean, I, I, I personally think I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy it, really. So, so yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, I do have one one final game here. I'm going to talk about. Ooh. Uh, for the 3DS, I picked up Super Mario 3D Land. You know, ah, oh, uh, as yes. with the uh, with the the um the PS4. You know, as life cycle is coming to an end. Well, so is the 3DS, and so now I'm trying to go back collect some of the 3DS games that uh, I missed out on, and this is one I've had literally in my Amazon. Um, you know, you have like your shopping cart and then you have the stuff you save to like, well, not like in a wish list, but I'll, I'll come back to this. Yeah, so you yeah see exactly. It in your this game has literally been in my shopping cart for years. Uh, and I've just always been like, yeah, whatever. I never pull the trigger, never pull the trigger. And I was finally like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm just, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally, finally do it. Because I'm that person where it comes to games where it's like, well, am I really going to play it or is it just going to sit on my shelf? Am I really going to play it or is it just sit on my shelf? And so um, I was like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to finally just get it. Uh, and I have played it and I have beaten it and i loved it um i think i should have bought it years ago to be entirely honest um you know it was obviously very early probably launch title i i think i don't entirely remember but if i had to just guess i would say that it was probably a launch title for the for the 3ds um i mean if you like 3d mario games if you like Super Mario 3D World, if you like Super Mario Sunshine, if you like Super Mario Galaxy, then I think you'll have a great time playing this on 3DS uh, is, the, is the easiest way to put it. It's, it's, it doesn't really do anything new, um, but it just does a lot of things that Mario has done for years very, very, very well. And it's another just awesome addition to the Super Mario franchise. You could, just, you could never go wrong with a Mario game. No. That's just the bottom line, you know? And, and I just, I've always, yeah, Mario games are just so colorful and, and, and mm-hmm. fun, man. And that's that's also a game I've had my eye on a while, too. So when uh, when when Matt first got it, I was kind of just like, oh, I got to hear how this goes. Yeah, it's like, great. Seriously. It's great. It's, it's great. It's everything you would expect it to be. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you know, that is some pickups that Adam and I have hammered out over the past uh couple months you know i think it's good to kind of catch up on just what we've got um certainly a wide variety of stuff i think i've been more on new stuff adam's doing some retro collecting but uh real quick um adam any games that are coming out here in the next couple months that you're most kind of excited for yeah as i said earlier i'm definitely getting pokemon mystery dungeon dx and finally after all these years again another game i missed out on the gamecube originally i'm gonna pull the trigger on uh, animal crossing Let's go, man. That's March. me yeah. too. That's uh, me. I'm I'm definitely all about it. I want to I you <sighs> yeah. know, I want to join in on the fun. I always hear such fun things about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's that's pretty much it right now that's, as that's, far as new hey, games that's, go. Yeah. That's me too. Animal Crossing is the game I'm I'm most excited for. The only I'm I'm just I'm having an internal dilemma about it. Um and that is do I get the physical version? Which uh-huh. obviously of any Animal Crossing is like it's it, there's like, there's a handful of games now where I'm like, well, I would just I would just get the like it makes more sense to just get the digital version because I will play Animal Crossing every day. 
Animal Crossing New Leaf is my favorite game on the 3DS. I, I loved it. And so when it with a game like that, it's like, well, I'm going to be constantly just switching it in and out to play it. Um, and so it's like, eh, but do I just get the digital version? You know, I, I, you know, I, I, and so that's, so that's eh, the kind of dilemma I have, but I think I'm just going to get the physical. I think I just have to have it up on my shelf. So, yeah, I, I think that's the way I'm just going to have to, I, that's just what I'm all about. And the reason right. I'm about that is because like, I feel I get the practicality of having something digital, but for me, it's kind of just like, well, at some point, all this physical stuff is going to be gone. And from a historic standpoint, mm-hmm. I could hold this and be like, hey, guys, I've got it right here for you. But mm-hmm. also, it's kind of like to hold it in your hand and right. be like, someone w- worked on this. Someone made this. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding it in my hand. There's something very uh, uh, intimate about that, I feel, right. uh, to a degree. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm definitely becoming more and more okay with digital, buying things digital. Like I bought Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on my computer. Um, digitally, and so, but so it it seems it seems more and more that I'm just like obviously retro games, you know, it's a different story. But as we go forward, there I I do I am finding games games that I'm like on the on the fence about a little bit. Where I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I'd be even fine if I can get it cheaper or something on Steam or whatever. I'll just get it. But right, but yeah. So right. all right, well, um, awesome. So you and I are both on the same page, and then of course I think we're both super pumped for Final Fantasy uh, Seven. Oh, of course, we, yeah. We How make, can I forget yeah, about I mean, that? Ob- right? Obvious, yeah, obviously. So, um, so that that one's that one's certainly coming out um, um, shortly as well. So, all right, Adam, where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine and Instagram at the same tag uh, at King of Fuzz Style. And right now, we're still working on a new schedule. But if you are in the Union, New Jersey uh, area. Uh, you could tune into 90.3 on the radio or go to uh, 903 um, WK. I forget the website. There's a website for <laughs> it, but uh, working on a new uh, radio schedule uh, right now in the coming months, though. So you could hear me on there with my show Rock Pile playing all kinds of 90s, 2000s, and newer uh, alternative music, basically. Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros. Also, I do run a various, a handful of various other podcasts, which I talk about all the time. Uh, Hyperspace Hangout, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, uh, Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. Bend the Knee, a Game of Thrones podcast. Um, and also, I will be beginning Twitch streaming. I'm totally getting back into Twitch streaming. Um, you can check that out. Uh, you know, uh, Twitch. I think it's Twitch backslash box trick um as well as certainly been uploading some more youtube videos to the box trick channel um so stay tuned for that and if you like this comment or if you like this podcast be sure to uh, like favorite uh and subscribe on or leave a review on itunes and as always guys thanks for listening